0: Episode 24. Here we go.
1: What's up, y'all? It's the world famous Ben Loomis right
2: here. Hey, you're, you're now listening, listening to, to the sounds of the Scramble, Scramble Life Podcast.
1: Are you ready? Hell
3: yeah. All right, here we go.
0: What's going on, people? This is your boy G right here on the Scramble Life Podcast, episode number 24. And as you see, I'm here by myself tonight. Uh, There's no L scratch today. Uh, As we always say, we have separate lives outside of this show or podcast, as you may call it. Um, The last time I saw L, (laughs) he was talking to a family member that was on a bike that I don't know if the bike was too small or or whatever He was saying he was going to get the family member a new bike And he was chasing the family member through the park So that's the type of crazy shit we deal with every day or whatever Just odd things So, you know, he's doing his thing Ain't no crazy shit going on or no beef or anything like that But uh, that's cool So this will be the first show that I'm going to record by myself Um, We got a couple of things to talk about uh, we were supposed to talk about it a couple days ago But I'm doing it today Today is Friday, which is a odd day for me to record But it's wide open for me because it's the end of the month um, But we'll start talking about Humpty Hump Rest in peace to Shock G, a.k.a. Humpty, Humpty Hump uh, Gregory Jacobs He was part of the legendary hip-hop group Digital Underground He passed away uh, sometime within the last 10 days or so um, I was never really a giant Digital Underground fan But I respect their work. I respect the gimmick. Uh, They were a dope West Coast group. They had dope singles. You know, you had the same song. And then the big one, which you all know, uh, is the Humpty Dance. Humpty Hump, Humpty Dance. And the thing about them that tripped me out the most is they played that whole role where you had Shock G and you had Humpty Hump. And when they did shows, they would flip it back and forth. But the whole fuck was you didn't know if it was really those were two separate people or it was one person. Like, because back then you didn't have the Internet. So in the video, you see them dressed like Humpty Hump and you see them dressed as like Shock G or whatever and vice versa. But just look up the history of the hip hop group, Digital Underground, and uh, salute them and salute. Them for bringing everything they brought to the table. Uh, as many as you may know, you know they brought Tupac to the table. Uh, they featured him on the same song, I think, and that was on a movie soundtrack. Or like the Monsters movie soundtrack or something like that. So that's pretty much that right there with Digital Underground. Uh, we're going to move on to some other things. I got my vaccination uh, this past week. Last Saturday to be exact So I said I'll come on here and uh, talk about this experience I know I talked to L about it when it went down And he just shook his head and was like Damn, damn, damn Because he's not fucking with the whole process And you know I know a lot of it may be bullshit or or work Or something to make us go crazy Or something to even out society And decrease population So things could be a little bit smoother uh, whatever. I mean, I know what I think. And I think everybody will have to take this shit at the end of the day if you want to go ahead and continue your life and go to work and go to events and family events. I even saw something the other day where uh, for weddings in certain states, they're able to have the wedding. I think they're able to have the reception, but people weren't allowed to dance. So it's like shit like this. There's still going to be caps and limits on what we could do out here with this vaccine and this Covid situation, so uh yeah, I took it. I went to a facility in another part of the area, and uh, yeah, they had military guards on both doors, which was interesting. <laughs> I guess they put that there just in case you know somebody would trip out or whatever. And then uh you know it was an easy process. You go in, you check in, uh show me ID and everything, and then uh, they'll take you to a table or whatever. And you know I sat there. And, it was two ladies there, and they—you could tell—they were well trained in customer service for this shit. They were like, "Oh, you know, it's gonna—you're gonna be an outlet. Which arm do you want it in?" Blah blah blah. So I, I went through that process with them, and uh, it was easy. I didn't even really feel it. And I'm like, "Damn, did they put a chip in there?" Easy, I don't know, but I didn't feel anything. So after that, they gave me the paperwork, and then I had to sit in the waiting area. So I had to sit in the waiting area for about 15 minutes. And so you just sit there and watch the clock on the two or three screens in front of you, and... Just count down 15 minutes and then you're able to leave. So they have you sitting in these waiting areas, I guess, just to make sure you don't bug the fuck out or just die on the goddamn spot. So uh, that's pretty much that with that situation. And uh, I was in and out. I didn't really feel crazy or anything afterwards. Uh, I think I was a little sleepy that evening on to going into the next day, uh, which was a Sunday. But other than that, um, you know, everything was pretty Chill as of now, so I'm just waiting to take the second shot, and I'll do that probably within the next uh, 10 to 15 days or something like that. So I'll keep you posted on how I feel on the second shot. Uh, and by the way, I took the Pfizer one, I definitely didn't take the Johnson Johnson or Moderna. I mean, I don't know, I've heard different stories on all of them, especially that Moderna one. But I took the Pfizer one, so we'll see what happens with that. And you know, if you don't hear another show, you know why. <laughs> But uh, that's that right there So moving on um, I, I was talking to a friend yesterday About this right here I'm finding so much beauty In silence And I think you should too I know the world is very busy For a lot of you out there Within the listening audience And sometimes you just need to take the time And cut off the TV Cut off the radio, cut off your streaming services that you use for music, Um, cut off your fucking family, (laughs) cut off your friends. Sit and mentally just sit in the middle of silence. If all you have is 15 minutes, just take advantage of that 15 minutes to sit in silence and, and, and. I feel that you could open your mind to so much and look at what's really going on around you and, and solve problems and different things and figure out how to send things away from you and bring things to you that you want and et cetera. But you know, you you might want to do some research on meditation. But there's so much beauty in silence. Just turning everything off and just sitting for a few minutes and, um, you know, just opening your mind up to something else. Than, The news, these stupid-ass movies, these stupid-ass records. Just, you know, just bullshit. Other people problems. They're telling you their problems, putting fucked-up energy in you, or you're picking up their fucked-up energy because they're a fucked-up motherfucker anyway with mental health issues or whatever. Or, you know, the gossip, the bullshit, the, the drama. 15 minutes i want you to try 15 minutes and then after that i want you to do some research on meditation and find some things or find a way where you can do meditation every day i used to be real good at it probably see this is 2021 probably about 10 years ago i was a like, uh, shit i had to do what i had to do because everything was on me really then no punching and no clocks anywhere so you got to sit some time, just think you know and, and, and that's pretty much that. But I thought I'd bring that up because silence is golden, silence is good. Do some research on it. All right. Now, we all know DMX passed away, and his funeral was last weekend. Well, they had the memorial service, and that was at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. And then they had the f- official funeral last Sunday at a church out there in Brooklyn. Uh, I think the, Preacher name was A. Bernard. He, he oversaw the whole thing, and he let them in his church for the funeral. Beautiful celebration. A lot of Rough Riders showed up to New York. Uh, they also represented in other cities, such as Las Vegas and other major markets around the country, you know, in solidarity to respect the man. Uh, it was very interesting, both services, especially the one at the uh, Barclay Center. You know, they, everybody performed, and you had the, the nice set out there, and this, that, and the other. I think the most airy thing, airy, the most airy thing, <laughs> airiest, the most airy thing that I saw was Lear Cohen's uh, speech. It was over this, like, hip-hop beat nation. They was showing, like, water, and he was saying something, and he said something about He knew... DMX was going to hit a wall or something like that. I just found it very odd what he said. Uh, It was interesting. You could go look that up. It's out there on YouTube. And for those that don't know who Lyra Cohen is, Lyra Cohen uh, is one of the guys that's, well, he's over at 300 Group right now. But he was an executive at Def Jam um, for many, many, many years. And he, he dealt with many artists that you guys know. But, uh, yeah, that was just very eerie what he said. But it was another thing that went down at the funeral on Sunday. Uh, Now, near the end of the funeral service, uh, one of DMX's friends named Jungle jumped up on stage. And he wanted to give his own eulogy. And this wasn't planned in the script. So it's crazy because I, I saw it i was on the phone but i, I still was able to hear the rumbles from the people in the industry and the family and everybody in the crowd was like oh shit oh, you just hear rumbles so i don't know if you you will be able to pick it up on this clip when i'm about to play but uh this is dmx boy jungle and uh him jumping on stage and making his statement which was about two minutes and then the pastor interrupted check this shit out
2: And we've been on the road with him for the last couple of years. And this album would have not happened if we were not around, if we did not suffer through the pandemic and take Earl Simmons out of his house, drive a RV down south, and complete this album. I've been his friend for 20 years. 20 years I've been his friend, and I've been around him. I'm not an industry dude, and we got similar stories. Just like him with his grandmother, I have a grandmother that raised me and I love my grandmother. I have a dog. I have have similar stories. We we both were in institutions when we were young. And I want to give you a story to how our lives paralleled and crossed each other. Teixeira said something here tonight that struck me and I never knew it. She said that she seen X steal a, a purse or a pocketbook that's the same thing I did as an adolescent when I was about nine to 10 years old. And that put me in the group home in Yanga's. That's how I ended up in Yanga's. So I knew Earl Simmons since 89, and he was seven years my senior. But I was, a, I was a fan of his before he even realized it because he was a local hero in the music industry, I mean, in the music scene as an underground artist. He just shows at school 12 and in commerce and the group home was right next door to commerce and I'm gonna tell you something else. This last year of my life, all the time I know Earl, I never said this to him, but I told him a story that happened to me and he was a part of that story. He was a part of that story. And my name is Jungle, by the way, so I'm I'm letting y'all know for the ones that don't know me. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do, brother. Brother, Uh my brother. Over here, over here, over here, my brother. First of all, First of all, no, 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 no. There's order, there's respect. You violated order, you violated respect, all right? But you this disrespected is a, my house. This is, you've disrespected my you disrespected my house. You me? Regardless how you of me? how good y'all you, y'all call you call me, think, what out you out got to say is, you disrespected my house. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my
0: brother. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was the preacher right there, and he made a statement. Uh, that's Abe Bernard, and that was at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn, New York. So, yeah, my man got up there and made a statement, and I don't see nothing wrong with it, but, you know, I'm sure... And I'm not trying to get in their business, but whoever organized this, you know, they kept people, you know, your real ones. That's in the background, out of the picture. And so it just became the key members. That was the president's label that DMX was on, members of the organization, this, that, and the other. So that was that clip right there. And that was a very interesting uh, speech by your man. But, you know, some people like that, they just jump up and feel they say what they got to say. You know what I'm saying? Because the people ain't going to let them up there to say it. Because I know how these people get. And... Yeah. Let me shut up. So <laughs> that's that one. So that was DMX situation right there. Another For the funny part of that situation uh, with the minister when he was speaking earlier throughout the service. He called Lear a liar. And everybody just fucking busted out laughing because he said his name wrong. He said liar. There's a couple names he fucked up. But he called your man liar. Everybody died laughing, and then he called Nipsey Hustle, Nipsey Russell. That was another funny part. So that's the end of that situation. Uh, BT showed that live, so they'll probably show it again at some point, I think. So check that out and look it up and see if you can find that. Uh, we was going to talk about EDP four four five uh, sex scandal. Basically, it's this guy He's a YouTube star. I followed him for for years, and uh, he became famous by being like the number one uh, Philadelphia Eagles football fan, and you know, He also was a pro wrestling fan, and he used to review different shows and things like that with him, football and wrestling. And that's how I found him online, and he just talks real crazy. He's one of the last people on earth that doesn't have a, a, a filter on his mouth. So, yeah, he says a lot of shit, a lot of funny shit that I found funny, but a lot of his videos got banned because of what went down. So, basically, uh, he got caught... Trying to kick it to this thirteen-year-old girl. So what happened was it was one of those services or situations like what Chris Hansen had on MSNBC, where you know they would set the person up and text them and whatnot on the on whatever website. And they'll gather all these conversations and evidence, this that and the other, then they go bust the guy with the guy going to the girl's house or wherever, thinking she's going to be there. So in this case, he was caught by the two guys that run this organization and they asked him several questions when they busted him and this that and the other then he started running near the end of the video after he answered for about five or eight minutes worth of questions but that's uh, eDP445 and uh, I think they banned a lot of his videos I tried to find a few and I couldn't find them but their stuff still up on uh, Instagram. Where you can get a gist of this guy and how fucking wild his mouth is Because he just talks all types of crazy shit Which is funny to me That's one of the only reasons I kept following him Because he would just say some crazy shit I think even got to the point where People would pay him and tip him To just cuss them out And it, shit he would say it was just hilarious So EDP Yeah, EDP stands for Eat That Pussy So Eat That Pussy 445 uh, and you can check them out online and, and read more into that story right there. But this is an interesting one right here. And this kind of falls into our what's next part of the show. What we do sometime, uh, you know, I, I, I see, you know, they're doing this whole thing with the cars that could drive automatically. they even doing them with the 18 wheeler trucks, which is even more scarier. Uh, but it was a situation a few weeks ago. Uh, there was no driver behind the wheel of a Tesla couple days ago that crashed into a tree and burst into flames, costing two occupants. So it was two people in the car. And they, they lost their lives. And that happened somewhere in the state of Texas. So basically uh, investigators say that the 2019 Tesla Model S, you can look that up. 2019 Tesla Model S was traveling at a high rate of speed when it approached a slight curve in spring, a uh, Houston suburb. Uh, instead of navigating the bend, the fully electric car drove straight off the road and struck a tree. Two men, aged fifty-nine and sixty-nine, died in the crash. So they may have been in the backseat, I don't know. Uh when their bodies were recovered from the Tesla wreckage seen above. There we go in the picture. Uh neither man was seated behind the wheel. Hmm. So cops say the victim was in the front passenger seat while the other was the other one was in the back, basically. So no one was sitting behind the wheel, which is crazy as hell. They really trusted this shit that much. And once again, this car is a 2019 and we're in 2021. Investigators uh, suspect uh, that the vehicle is running in a Tesla autopilot mode, which the manufacturer says enables your car to steer, accelerate, and brake automatically within its lane. However, the feature does not make the car anonymous and requires, quote, active driver supervision. So since this shit is automatic, you're still supposed to sit there and, and watch what it's doing and kind of watch what's going on in traffic. So a preliminary investigation left police certain that the driver's seat was unoccupied at the time when the 1125 p.m. crash. Now, the Tesla ran off the road. A couple blocks from the residence of the car's owner, so they were—he was almost home or whatever uh, and his body was found in a rear seat, so he was in the back seat chilling. Like I really trust this fucking shit. So last year, a North Carolina motorist was watching a movie on his phone when his Tesla Model S, running in autopilot, crashed into a police car, dumbass, that had stopped on a highway due to a prior accident. All right, so the Tesla owner, emergency room doctor was charged with a pair of vehicular law violations. And that was another situation right there. So, people, (laughs) I know you guys want to use all this new technology that comes out, but that's one thing I'm not fucking with is getting behind the wheel of an automatic car or 18-wheeler truck. That shit sounds crazy. And it don't even add up in my head, just judging by the way people drive out here in cities in countries like dirt roads and highways and people cutting you off people not letting you in and you having to get off and you're getting sandwiched in how is a fucking computer going to determine all these trick moves that could happen at any minute and i'm pretty sure there's other stories out here with the same situation with the, the same model tesla and other automatic vehicles out here um, but this is something you want to watch, and this shit's going to continue. Whether or not they're going to continue production or make the quality of these autopilot vehicles better, I don't know. I haven't heard much about it, but it's something to watch out for. So if you out there on the road driving and you see an 18-wheeler and nobody's behind the wheel, or you see a sports car, nobody's behind the wheel, you better watch the fuck out. And also, I'm side note, this is like digressing, but if you see any s- trucks that say Swift on them, you want to watch out because they really don't train their drivers too good. And that's almost like having somebody out there um, on autopilot because they rush them right through school and put them in an 18-wheeler. So if you see any Swift trucks, watch your ass out there in the world. So that's that right there uh, with that one particular piece. And that was one of our, like I said, what's next. So what I'm going to do right now is maybe, just maybe, just maybe, take a musical break. And I think we'll be right back, y'all Peace
1: I mean, I feel like I'm the king tonight You know what I mean? Mink just dragging on the floor B-roll with me it about time to pick up these motherfucking trophies, P Hey. Alright Making easy money, pimping hoes and style Been the definition of my city Since I was a child right. I can make her walk in the level, I'm Jeff Bezos, you out of pocket, but I keep not care who you with, I'm taking your choosing feet and buying stock in Uber, bitch, that's how you move your bitch, gradually, casually, naturally. Actually have to be some type of supernatural pizza. Say the shit I say, knowing this shit sound like it's Einstein. All my bitches wine fine, fresh as hell like prime time. It's Dion in case you didn't know, and you a peon. Cold on the bitch, got a heart full of freon. Put that on every instrumental, I spit my pee on. Put that on every O, I had to get my feet on. All you look end niggas trying to pop your shit. Your city and then come knock your bitch I feel like I'm better than ever This pimpin' incredible rejuvenating my game Bitch I'ma teach you to break you a lane Look how I just captivated her brain Living and getting this money inspiring Niggas to build up their revenue streams Never accepting whatever she brings I feel like I'ma forever be king. Hell, Bitch, I think I'm the king of the players by
3: retirement thanks look at your credit and see what them wires went my Cush got a five cent more than that though i do more than stretched though. this is not a flex huh and acquitted i must admit it it feel great i could have od found face down in a pill plate you see me and two shining p just kill the hate this is that mean we still straight across country, moving bitches like lost and found. You might wash up in this game and get tossed around. You might boss up in this game, so give a boss his crown. Special guest this year. b roll brought his sauce and hey, bitch.
0: Too Deep, the Southern President, featuring B-Roll. Nice joint, nice joint right there, y'all. So I'm going to jump back in the show. Like I said, L's not yeah. here this week. Uh, he'll probably be back next week. Uh, we're definitely going into the warmer months. So, you know, I will be busy as shit every day. <clears throat> and he's always busy. He always got something going on. So uh, we'll continue to uh do what we do over here at the scramble life podcast so right about now what i'm gonna do is uh, what am i gonna do i think we're gonna do a little something like this y'all here we go I love Yes, we're back here into another episode of Teacher Sex right here on the Scramble Life Podcast, episode number 24. So, we had a lot of different situations going on within the last couple of days regarding teacher sex. And this is becoming, as the weather gets warmer, there's more big stories popping up. So, we're going to start off with this first one right here. This is a teacher out in Texas, and she was arrested for an alleged sexual relationship with a student. All right? So, a Parker County, Texas fifth-grade math teacher was arrested for having an alleged sexual relationship with a male student that began when he was 15 years old. So, I guess he wasn't in one of her classes. I don't know. We'll go on with the story. Uh, last Friday, Parker County Sheriff's arrested 43-year-old Misty Lorreen Cato. And charged her with second degree improper relationship between educator and student. So I guess he was in a school and maybe he wasn't in her class. And they just met in the hall or some shit. We'll see here. Uh, her bonds was set by a judge at $100,000. And it's a quote here that says, it's a shame. Anytime we have to investigate these type of cases, said Parker County uh, Sheriff Russ Othier. Uh, and, you know, he told that to the CBS News out there in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. It is imperative that our children attend school in a safe environment. Educators play a vital role in the safe environment and they have a duty to protect our children. And it goes on to say, according to the sheriff's office, Cato admitted to having a sexual relation uh, with the student, even though she was fully aware of his age. On a voice recording, she can be heard saying she has been in love with the student, get ready for this one for four years All right for four years. so I don't know if this started when he was 10 or 11 or what but yeah for four years. So the student involved in an investigation has been offered counseling at the Parker County Children's Advocacy Center uh, where he's uh, his healing can begin basically. So this guy's uh, He's been offered counseling by the school system So the investigation is still Ongoing and it'll be taking place there In New York t- near Town County And that's the end of that one right there So she was basically 43 at the time But if this is correct, she might have started all this when she was 39 or so, something like that. So she's not in the typical age range, which we normally see, which is like 25 to 35. And I'm looking at her picture here. Wow. Yeah, mm, that's crazy. So we're going to move on to another one. Now, a substitute teacher was charged for stalking a teen in Somerset County. And this is out in the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. So in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, state police said a substitute teacher Facing charges after stalking a teenager in the county. Troopers say 33 year old is a guy. Damn. 33 year old Michael Johnson of Garrett was arrested Thursday after they were called to Turkey Foot School for reports of harassment. Investigators say Johnson, a substitute teacher, was stalking a 17 year old girl. Wow. That's crazy. But anyway, according to the criminal complaint, the teenager reported that Johnson was following her around school. She told Troopers Johnson would show up at lunchtime, meet her in the hallway, and will wait for her after school, according to state police. State police is involved with this one, I guess, because it's in a little country type of town. Uh, She explained that Johnson would park his car next to hers and will wait until she was leaving school. The complaint says... Now, according to the criminal complaint, the girl said that Johnson was an assistant basketball coach. They always do double. They do like regular teaching and they do sports, too, and uh, would try to sit next to her on the bus ride two games while at the games. Uh, troopers say that the girl reported feeling scared when Johnson approached her and that he had sent her a Christmas card with a $25 gift inside. And uh, Johnson's basically facing misdemeanor charges related to stalking and harassment, according to court records. So he didn't do anything with her, but he was stalking her because, I guess, in his eyes, she was that hot. So she was 17. She was almost at the line here, you know, crossing over until adulthood. But, yeah, so he got caught up on that. He's facing a misdemeanor charge for that one, so... Yeah, that's the end of that one right there So next one right here Let's see, we got like oh, shit. We're just going to go through one more Because I don't want to keep you guys hanging around With this teacher six all day cause like I said, it was a million of them um, And then we'll go on to some other things So we, we're going to start right here With this one right here And this is the Spanish teacher And she was out in Steubenville, Ohio Steubenville is interesting You don't hear a lot of things about it But I heard it's pretty uh, interesting out there Like it could get wild at any minute In Steubenville, Ohio So an Ohio High school Spanish teacher Accused of sexual battery Has been placed on administrative leave Carissa McAllister 21 of Steubenville Teacher at Central Catholic High School In Steubenville Was arrested Friday And charged with two counts of sexual battery So this is last Friday So, McCaster was released from jail after posting a $100,000 bail, according to a TV station out there. Now, according to Harrison County Sheriff's Office, the mother of the alleged victim, a student at the high school, told school staff about the allegations. Harrison County County Sheriff Joe Myers said the main incident occurred on March 30th, 2021. So, that wasn't that long ago. That was a couple of days ago, and it happened in Harrison County um, at the fairgrounds after McAllister drove the 15-year-old male student home from a track meet. (laughs) Myers alleged uh, that McAllister parked at the county fair out there in Cadiz and had sex with the juvenile. McAllister is an assistant track coach and head cross-country coach at the school. All right, so according to the LinkedIn profile, McAllister is a 2020 graduate of St. Francis University. All right, that's out there in Pennsylvania, where she graduated with a bachelor's degree in Spanish education and a minors in English literature and Spanish health services. Now, as a senior at the university, she received a twenty twenty Spanish award. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. And then the school system goes into their whole spew again that you know this messed up, this happened. Blah 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 blah. So that's the end of that one right there, and um, that's teacher sex for the week so since we love that intro for that freaking intro so much we'll do a one time going out since l ain't here because we got some time to feel uh like this I
3: love is what you need, and I'm-
0: So, I got another one right here this is uh falls into the category of what's next possibly and if you read you may know about things like this because it intertwines with different things and uh, it's a cat I used to follow you know he's he had a stroke major stroke so he doesn't do lectures or anything too much anymore but uh, this is brother Bobby brother Bobby Hemet, to be exact and he's talk about different things that's mentioned in this article and I'm not even gonna read this whole article but it's a guy. Then Christian Inger Mayer, he's a 42-year-old billionaire, and he owns businesses out here in the world and a whole bunch of shit. But getting to the point of the story is he used shrooms to get to his success. And that kind of goes back probably into what I was talking about earlier about meditating and just different things to get you fucking centered and get you where you want to be. But he was talking about using shrooms and, and how that got him to a success. But a couple of other things that I found mentioned here in this whole situation, that I found interesting is, uh, you know, he had an ancient statue of Hecat. Hecat might be saying this wrong. H e c a t e. H e c a t e, Hung in his office there, basically. And that's a Greek Greek goddess of witchcraft. And he had it in the background. And that kind of goes into uh, dealing with the different uh, Greek gods for power, and each one represents something different. So you, you might want to use this one for success. Uh, you might want to use this one for healing your soul or healing a situation because that's what they deal with. Uh, you might want to use this one for anger or something like that. So there's a lot of different Greek gods uh, and goddesses out there, uh you know, you could look them up and find out what each one represents. But sometimes people just do things like take pictures of them and hang them on the wall. And that represents for them to get out their situation. I know if you go in a lot of Indian households, you'll see altars in the house. And they'll have pictures representing family members and things. And, you know, all this is based on bringing things to you and sending things away from you. So, you know, this guy right here. So basically he was using these type of things and in his situation. To bring things to him and send things away from him. But part of his whole situation was the use of shrooms. Now shrooms, I think in D C or yeah, over there in Washington D C they they legalized shrooms recently or something like that. But shrooms isn't it's not weed, it' it's like an actual shroom and it's like a hallucination. And I'm assuming it makes you who not to hallucinate, but go just go deep in your mind from what I read and, and know about it, or read and know about it but uh, that I just found that interesting so yeah do your research on that one and uh, you might be on to something in addition to doing your general meditations that I told you about earlier so uh that's that one right there and other than that we are going to get into some other shit here on the damn show y'all <laughs> back with another edition of nightclub violence in full effect right here so basically uh the first one here this is from last week and this is out in the beautiful state of rhode island not many people know about rhode island that's one of those little states tucked up top there somewhere down from new hampshire not far from connecticut Not far from New York City, but up, up, up a little bit on the northeast there. So, basically, the Pawtucket Police Department is demanding the city shut down the Vibe Lounge after a patron was shot there early Friday morning. So, this was last Friday, about a week ago. So, Pawtucket Police Chief Tina Conglavis declared that the nightclub and hookah lounge a a public nuisance, basically. uh, Which has the authority to do uh, through the city's charter, basically. So... The chief, Tina, she basically can shut that shit down. So uh, police said uh, this is the fifth violent incident at the club since February. Tim uh also noted that the club also violated several of the state's COVID-19 restrictions. So they might get hit with that one, too. Uh, the city and the police department always prioritize working with our local businesses to help them succeed in safe environments. Uh, and she went on to say some other things, blah, blah 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 blah. So this club has obviously been a problem for quite a while. Uh, and of course, like I said, it's a threat. And then once again, early Friday morning, that's when it all went down. Uh, it was reports so of shots fired. Uh, he said the club security guard was extremely hesitant to allow the first officer on the scene inside the club, telling her she didn't need to go inside. Wow, to find the victim. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy because they they probably (laughs) – wow, we've all seen this before. So I guess that club is so hot, he was trying to keep her out while whatever was going on in there that they were straightening out their self. Uh, the two other officers who arrived soon after were able to make their way inside the club where they reported seeing roughly 200 patrons. Video surveillance later reviewed by police revealed the club had violated several of the state's COVID-19 mandates. Those violations, according to Holden, included patrons not wearing masks, dancing close together. See, we talked about the dancing thing earlier, dancing close together and using hookah. So officers eventually found the shooting victim who was outside the club's North Union Street door. Holden said the 32-year-old man, who officers confirmed was the patron of the nightclub, has been shot five times. So they really wanted his ass for whatever was going on. They shot him five times in the building. And once again, how the hell did the gun get in the building? Whew. While tending to the victim, Holden said a small group gathered around the officers. The crowd ultimately became hostile as more patrons began spilling out of the club and onto the street. Holden said the officers were forced to call for backup. One of the officers requested every uh, available cop in Pawtucket to be there. Okay, so get your asses over here. We can't control these motherfuckers. Now, to come to the club and assist with the crowd, basically. While regaining control of the situation, officers arrested and charged two people. One from Boston, cause remember I said they were up there. So it's like close to Massachusetts, Connecticut, and all that. And the other from Lyle, Massachusetts. Okay, so they charged them with disorderly conduct and obstruction of justice. It took officers more than an hour to clear the scene. Police said the victim was transported to Rhode Island Hospital to be treated for non life threatening injuries. Uh, blah blah blah, and like I said, they're they're on the board right now, and they're probably looking to get shut down, depending on how much power they have in the community there. Because as they said earlier in this piece, uh, there was already incidents that had happened at that club before. So once again, this is one of those things. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to tap into the city of Jackson, Mississippi. Now, when I was working on a prototype for nightclub violence, probably about almost ten years ago. I talked about a situation in Jackson, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. I think this was with the M-Bar over there. And uh, somebody had got shot then. That was in 2014. So here we are uh, some years later, and they're still having issues there and with other clubs So, uh, Jackson Police Department Chief James Davis told residents at a community forum Thursday evening his department has increased police visibility in Jackson neighborhoods across the city as violent crimes continue to spike. Now, this is Jackson, Mississippi. This is like way, way, way deep, deep, deep down south. So Davis, who has been under fire recently for being largely unseen at homicides, take place nearly every other day in the city, pins some of the blame for the violence on the availability of guns in the state's open carry laws. So they obviously have a gun open carry law in there in that city. So the event organized by Councilman Ashby Foote, and the Ridgewood Neighborhood Association drew about 100 residents to the Mississippi Agriculture Museum for this situation, where they talked about it. Uh, and like I said before, the m is definitely under scrutiny because they had a whole bunch of situations here. And I think the m is what triggered this. So if you want to see what the M-Bar look like, you can look them up online. Uh, they've been on around for quite a while. So for them to have all these shootings over the years is Something going on. I don't know who owns the Empire or their connection to the town, but it is what it is. Uh, so it came to the suggestion of the City Council President, Aaron Banks, after a discussion at the MBAR Grill and Bar at 6340 Ridgewood Court Drive in Foots Northeast, Jackson Ward. You know, um, be brought to the board, basically. Uh, the club, like several other locations in Jackson in last year, Uh, has been the scene of deadly gun violence foot said he was looking into ways to regulate the nightclub since it's located close to the neighborhood blah 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 so they had this council meeting and you know everybody's here to make this shit short uh they were talking about what they're gonna do and the club's been in operation since 2013 so if that other piece i wrote in 2014 okay so, within a year, they were having gun violence there, and they've been open for the last couple of years. So, it's one of them places. Every city got one, right? All right. So, I mean, people were there saying they need recreation, they need entertainment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they promised changes to the clubs and this, that, and the other. Hours of operation, dress code, da, 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 da. Same shit we always hear with these plots, right? So, he's paying $22,000 a month in security. So uh, we we always get into these numbers with what they're paying for security. So I know a couple of weeks ago we had a club, and they said they paid twenty dollars a month or a night for security, and, and that's just ridiculous. So, but I get it because if you're paying twenty two thousand for security, you're paying staff, other staff members, DJs, etc. You got to be bringing in at least sixty to ninety to one hundred thousand dollars on that down on that damn bar to be spending that much on security. But, you know, somebody feels it's worth paying 22000 for security because you're bringing in that much on the bar. bar is king in nightclubs. I always remember that shit. And that's where the bread and butter is at. So it just goes on to say oh, people were scared, the community wants to change, blah, blah, blah. But I just want to put that one back out there. and That's in Jackson, Mississippi. So if you're going to Jackson, Mississippi, and you decide to go out to the nightclub or whatever, just watch your back, because it, uh, it's, it's pretty wild over there with that whole situation. And there was other situations going on. Um, this gay dude got beat up, and the people were laughing instead of helping. This was at a bar, nightclub bar situation in Phoenix, Arizona. And he was pissed about that, and the NAACP got involved, and it was a big thing. And you could look that one up, and that was over in Phoenix, Arizona. So that's pretty much that uh, for... The nightclub violence for this week's episode of the scramble life podcast uh another part of the show we normally get into is the media bag and we talk about what we watched or read in media for the week um and within the last couple of days these are some of the things that have been in my path i watched uncle tom which is a good movie I don't know if it might be available on Amazon or Netflix. I don't know. But if you look at the poster, you'll see Jesse Lee Peterson on there. And basically, to sum up what that movie is about, it's about black people, number one, and our relationship with the different political parties, how we're trained and taught to only mess with the Democrat Party. And they really did a good job in this movie of putting on the table what, The Democrat party means to us and what the Republican party means to us and all the people in the middle that people always beat up like Jesse Lee Peterson and Candace Owens and other different people that has open mind on what the fuck is really going on. So if you want to get the scoop on what's really going on and where you should shift and how you should deal with politics in general as a black pit black person or an african-american or whatever you want to call it you might want to watch this movie and it's called uncle tom and it's a black and white poster and it has jesse lee peterson on there that's an older black man with like a goatee so google that one uh, i watched the Tom and jerry movie it was okay i kind of fell asleep on and off throughout it but it wasn't bad it was a decent production um not a bad movie from what i saw um like i said i don't know why they 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 canceled the black lady and they've been doing that for like probably the last 20 years or so within all time and jury productions. If you remember watching the old school ones from way back in the day, it was the black lady that used to t- chase Tom through the house and be beating them up and say, Thomas and cussing them out and all types of shit. And they just like erased her from history. But if you look out there, you might be able to find that somewhere, but you know, of course she wasn't in there, but it was okay. Uh, also, over the last thirty days, I saw WrestleMania 37. That shit is what it is. I I watch out of habit now. You know, I've been a professional wrestling fan since like 1983, but just the greater part of the last 20 years, they writing It's, it's just shit. It's quiet. as kept Vince McMahon is probably transitioning on soon because he's just looking been looking very sick here lately. And uh, they're going through some changes. But, I mean, it, it was what it was. I'm not even going to talk about that nerdy, retarded shit. And um, that's pretty much that. And, you know, that was my media bag for the week. I'll be bringing some different things to you guys as we move on doing this show. Uh, once again, this is episode number 24 of the Scramble Life podcast. Uh, just to let you know, we are now available on Audible, Amazon, Spotify, Spotify, iheart.com or is that iheart podcast i don't know google podcast stitcher apple Podcasts, and other streaming platforms and if you want to hit us up you can hit us up at the scramble life at gmail.com that's the scramble life at gmail.com tell a friend subscribe you know tell everybody shit tell them about the scramble life podcast you know we're here uh we've been here since the end of last year and uh that's pretty much that right there so on that note, I'm going to end this show and we'll be back real soon with episode number 25, right? 25? 25, 25. And uh, yeah, that's it, y'all. We out. Peace. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. Glorious. Van glorious. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. Vang-